Welcome back to the Haddonfield Horrors Podcast, where we review horror movies and horror franchises. I'm Mark. I'm Tawan. And today we're reviewing Chernobyl Diaries, released in 2012, story by Ornell Pinnell and directed by Brad Parker. Tawan, can you please give the people the plot summary? Sure. A group of young tourists hoping for an adventure off the beaten path hires an extreme tour guide. Despite the warnings, the tour guide takes the sightseers to the town of Pripyat, Ukraine, once home to the workers of the nearby Chernobyl nuclear power plant, but abandoned after 1986's nuclear disaster. After briefly exploring the ghost town, the tourists find themselves stranded, and worse, they are not alone. I'm going to start off by saying that last week I ended the podcast by saying... We're going back to Maria's favorite genre of horror movies, the found footage movies, because <laughs> I've only seen this movie once before this review, before this time to watch for the review. And this was like 10 years ago when it came out. And I thought I remembered this movie being found footage style. So to my fucking surprise, when I hit play, the movie isn't found footage. They're just having it being all like shaky cam and like like it's just really weird. You get that same thing? I yeah, I thought I very much remember this movie in my head being a found footage movie. Like I definitely remember the trailers for when this movie was coming out. Because I remember I did want to see it at the time. I was just young and it looked like, you know, the found footage was going crazy because it was like after Paranormal Activity and stuff came out. So I was just interested at the time. And I definitely thought that this movie was found footage and I remembered it as such. So looking back at it now and (laughs) watching it, I was like, oh, wait, this is no one's holding the camera. It's just this is filmed like this. And it kind of tweaked me out because I thought it was It's kind (laughs) of like the little Mandela effect or whatever. Like, I definitely remembered it. Well, when you when you're watching it, it looks like it should be found footage the way that they shot it. But then you realize no one's holding this camera. So why the camera is like shaking and like whipping around like it would have taken nothing to just be like, Oh, we have this off-camera friend who's holding the camera, or now this person's holding the camera. But they, they didn't even try. Like I don't, yeah. I don't know what, like what was up with that. No, no, I was just saying. No, I definitely agree. Like I thought it was, and maybe it was to you know save money because I think this the budget for this film was like pennies for like, <laughs> you know, a film of uh, like a horror movie. I think it's just like a million. Yeah, but like horror movies, some of the best horror movies are made on even less than that. I mean, look, like look at the first Friday Thirteenth or the first um, Nightmare on Elm Street or the first Halloween. They were made on less pennies than this, but it's all about the director like leaning into those strengths. Like John Carpenter knew that he didn't have enough money to be like this big, this big production. So he utilized shadows to like help with his editing to help with the little mishaps that happened. Like, if you're gonna have the camera be shaky, then make it a fucking found footage film. Like, it's not that hard. Yeah. Like, you had it right there. Now, for me, the main draw was Jesse McCarthy. Of course, like, I remember. <laughs> I remember him being all over the the promotion and all over everything and. Most people from like my generation 
because I'm older than you by like what four or five years. I remember Jesse oh McCartney, God. but I mean, like he was he wasn't all but that. Pe- people remember Jesse. Well, most people remember Jesse McCartney from like his music era. But I was like, yeah, that's all I remember him for. But no, I you know how I love me a good soap star. You know that's how I know Jesse he McCartney. Did soap operas. That was his first like gig, like from two thousand, from like nineteen ninety eight to like two thousand and three, he was on a soap opera, and he was on into like until like he was like thirteen, so like that's how I knew him. And then he had like a a two season show on the WB called Summerland. That's also where Zac Efron got his first big break. So that's that's what I knew Jesse McCarthy for. So I was like, oh my god, he's acting again. So I was like, yes, this is I'm there. And then I was like, oh no, this isn't isn't what I thought it was going to be. The whole cast, like only person in this cast that I really knew was Jesse McCarthy. Like even looking back now, I was like, do I remember these people? Do I know any of these people in this yeah, cast? Yeah, none of these people look familiar to me at all. I was just like, um, I know Jesse. Like, this is why he was in all the um, all the promotions because shit, we didn't know nobody else. Like, who who are the other people? I'm like, pretty sure they got they got project projects out there, but like, no, I ain't seen shit, them. nothing too. <laughs> Me either. And I was even looking up the um, like, I was looking back at like some going through some of their their Wikipedia's, and I was like. I've seen some of these things that they've been in, but like they're only playing like recurring characters, like popping up here and there. I'm like, yeah, they haven't done anything like of note. So, but let's get into it further. Let's get into some scenes. Were there any scenes that stood out for you, good, bad, or indifferent? Um. That's an interesting question for this one. Uh, <laughs> I I don't really know if there was anything that I would say that like stood out for me. Um, good. Yeah, I think I honestly don't think I have anything good from this one. I think it's kind of all kind of either mediocre or like bad parts. Unfortunately. Um, to be honest, for me, the whole movie was like mediocre. I mean, there there were scenes that kind of just made me want to like shake the characters because, <laughs> first of all, I was confused. I was watching the movie. I had to watch it twice because at first I thought Paul and Natalie were siblings, mm-hmm. and just like Chris was his best friend. Took the second watch and a YouTube video to be like, oh no. Paul and Chris are brothers. Yeah, because that's why they and were going there. I'm trying to, I did ever explain why Paul was in Russia. I don't think it was explained. I just remember Chris. Um, Paul was going to visit Chris. I mean, no, no, no. Chris was going to visit Paul, and it he had moved to Russia a little while ago, and he just hadn't really been, I guess, connecting with the family, so he was on the trip with the friends, and I guess he decided to make a stop there to see his brother. What American just moves to Russia? <laughs> Obviously one that gets his friends to go on to fucking Chernobyl. But what, but what are things that just made you just 
want to like kick everyone's ass or scream at the TV like when they were like less um when when Yuri mentioned the idea of staying in the car and they said let's walk to the checkpoint I want I was like why would like I mean Yuri gave the right idea now y'all probably still would have been attacked by the mutants but uh if I was in that situation I'm not leaving I don't know where the fuck we are <laughs> and then he said it's 15 miles away that's a long ass walk and it's dark. You are, and then you already have come across a bear. <laughs> like they were, like it was not making sense to me to actually like leave the car. Like, yes, we know that um, the car is fucked up right now. It doesn't have um, like the the wires or whatever got messed up. Meaning somebody else is obviously here with us. So you want to leave? And there would have been strength in numbers if they stayed and hunkered down together. Plus, Yuri had the gun as well. So like I don't know they they were like none of the decisions were making sense to me like honestly just the whole decision to even go there was just was a mess in its own right this area has been it has been scientifically stated that this place is going to be fully radioactive and dangerous for at least four to five generations like this just happened in the eighties in the two thousand twelve. This area is still highly, highly contaminated. Yep. And they decided to watch their asses right in there. And just like they started touching stuff like, bro, like, what are you doing? Like when they were in the apartments, when Yuri was showing them and they were like touching things and stuff in there. I'm like, what are y'all doing? Radioactive material. Everything is radioactive. The scene that made me like, you know what? If they all die, I don't feel bad was... When they walked up to that that obviously mutated fish and, and touched, touched it. it, like you see this big ass mutated fish, you know this fish is mutated. You know something's wrong, and you still stay there. Like no, once I see this mutated fish that's still flapping around outside of the water, disgusting. I'm fucking gone. And then why is Yuri putting his that, hand in his fucking? That took me out. River? That took me out at first. Like when I first saw like Yuri, I thought maybe he'd be the reasonable one. I'm like, this man just put like, his whole like forearm in radioactive water. And, and it was making me mad that no one was being splashing like, it around this is all radio. This is all radioactive. For real. The air. The air is radioactive. We're touching cars. We're going through windows. Like, all of this is highly dangerous. Like, no one was saying anything. We made no sense. Like they, like they, they, they didn't care about their lives. Like, it's, it's like, yes, I know people do like that extreme tourism stuff. Like, I recently, (laughs) I saw a thing about a, a YouTuber who was doing it in, like, like Iran or something, and like got, he got captured. That's like a whole different thing. But like I see people do this stuff like all the time. But like where it, like they get that rush off of putting themselves in danger, and it's so crazy like to me that people would do that. And I know this is a movie, but like I'm sure people have done this in real life. Going to well, travel. actually, I follow I follow a YouTube couple. That um that travel around the world, they did a lot of traveling around the world before um before COVID, and then during COVID they just traveled around America in a in a in a camper van, like this pimped out camper van. Mm-hmm. But 
before COVID, it was like a month or so before COVID, they actually went to Chernobyl. You can go to Chernobyl and stay in like an area that isn't as contaminated and they have like Airbnbs and hotels so and certain precautions. Like I'll send you the link because I was just like, why are you there? Even if I didn't know what they're like, this was a mute like mute, mutant movie. I would expect there to be mutants in the fucking contaminated part of the world. Something ain't right. Very much so, and it makes it, it made no sense to me. Like I like obviously I wouldn't do it, but like it's just a really it's just a really crazy thing to think about. Yeah, and I kind I I felt no sympathy, you know. Well, well, no, I felt no sympathy, especially when they like once Yuri died, I was like, okay, don't don't split up. I I know his foot is messed up, but you still shouldn't split up. So when they came back and he was missing, I was like, like, like what, yeah. what are we gonna do now? <laughs> Speaking of that, were there any kills that stood out for you? They weren't really kills, were they? People just kept getting like snatched. Hit. Yeah, they was just getting snatched. I'd probably say the only kill that maybe like stood out at the end was Amanda when she got like uh, basically fed <laughs> to the mutants. Like that's really like the only one I can think of because we didn't really like physically see most of it kind of going down like um, on the camera. Yeah, we we didn't see Yuri, we didn't see Chris, we didn't see we saw Natalie get taken. Um shit, when we saw Paul get shot, but I kind of saw that coming. Oh yeah, forgot about that, but like he was he was waving his arms and shit like like bro, they told you to sit the fuck down. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm sorry, he kind of brought that on himself like well, one just being there, but two like and but it's like you're also contaminated yeah. like like you're you're fucking contaminated like not only were you just in chernobyl itself you were actually walking through the plant you were at the epicenter you were at ground center ground zero of the chemical explosion so of course they want you to back the fuck up because it's still highly dangerous yeah but you're right, there weren't really kills. People were just getting, like, snatched. And it was... It was a lot. Not a lot. It was just... I don't know. Because I watched the trailer before I, before we hopped on. And the the energy the trailer was given is not what this movie gave at all. <laughs> yeah, like, that's why, that's why I thought it was... <laughs> That's why I, I remember the trailer, like, when I was younger. And it seemed like it was going to be, like, more intense than what happened. It was not that at all. But since there's not much to talk about there, let's talk about the characters. Let's talk about Michael. Michael and Zoe. They were the cute little couple. What are your thoughts? As soon as they, as soon as we were at that part... In the um, well, as soon as we were at that part in the movie where Yuri was telling him who was going to be 
like with them, I was like, oh, they did. <laughs> as soon as I saw them, I was like, oh, yeah, they did. They about to die. <laughs> you know, as soon as they bring out those random people who not a part of the main group, I'm like, oh, damn, cannon fodder. They just about <laughs> I was like, yeah, cannon fodder. That's can. crazy. Um, but when the car, I think it was when the car got, um, like, messed up or whatever, and they were going to leave, I believe it was... I think it was because Michael left with um, Paul, correct? I mean, Chris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when 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 because initially Michael and his girl, they, I think they were the main ones who were like, "Well, let's just leave." I would have told them, "Y'all could go by yourselves." Because <laughs> no, like I don't know. <laughs> it's just like all the like we don't know yeah, y'all. That we don't know y'all. that and also it's just like. None of this is clicking right now. I'm like, okay, we come back to the car. The wires are literally chewed. Like, they're chewed up. Somebody did this purposely. Ain't no way this was no bear, dog, or whatever who was, like, specifically in this. The wires are chewed up. Somebody purposely did this. Now you want us to get out and go walk with you and your girl. And then you tell your girl to stay. And then Chris, and then one of the people from our group go with you. Like, bro, I'm sorry. Y'all can go by yourselves. We'll figure it out. I don't know how, but we'll go get it done. So, <laughs> yeah, him and, him and, um, his, his boo, they were just there to, you know, be a little cannon fodder for us. I was honestly surprised that they lasted longer than Chris and That's Adam. actually true. I was like, we picked off one of the main four characters we started with, and then these two are still here. Like Chris and Allie just disappear once the action starts, and we we still have Michael and Zoe. and old girl and Zoe. I'm like, what the hell? That actually is true. I thought well, that, Jesse. I thought Chris would have lasted longer. <laughs> well, let's talk about Natalie. Um. I'm gonna be honest with all of the with, with Natalie and Chris and Amanda. I guess like I, there wasn't really any character development. Like it wasn't. I feel like Natalie, I don't know anything about Natalie except the fact that she's Chris's girlfriend. That's very so much when true. she was being like, like and then she got kidnapped twice, and I felt nothing either time because we didn't know the character. Yeah, that's that's really that's, honestly you could say honestly you could say that about pretty much everyone here. Like, not gonna lie, um, like they they weren't giving anything to do except they were just put into this situation. Like they were really they really gave us blank slates to just follow around for this situation. I mean, the only thing that we really knew about Natalie is that she was going to get proposed to by Chris, and after that they were at they were at Chernobyl, and then she got kidnapped twice and. I mean, what do we know about Chris besides the fact that he was going to propose? I mean, <laughs> that he was going to propose. He that Paul. He, he's Paul's brother. There's family drama, but there's nothing there. He seemed like he was going to be the one with his like head on his shoulders, but it just didn't. It didn't pan out to be that way. And then it wasn't giving. <laughs> and then with Paul, it's like. Paul was being kind of like creepy and very like assertive around a man. Like a man, like she's not giving you any indication that she wants you to like 
she wants you, but you're just you just keep trying. Like stop it. Big facts. And then like I feel like they all could have like I'm I'm I get it. It's your brother. You love your brother, but you came back and the car was flipped over. Yep. There is n- no human can flip over a car like that. So your best bet would have been to have left and gotten help. But you went and you put everyone else's lives in danger to go get your brother. A brother he never actually found. That's true. We did not see him after after that point. Like we never saw Chris again after Yeah, they didn't even find his body after that. About it. No. They found Natalie's body, but yeah, not Chris's. And then, what are your thoughts on Amanda? I think, was Amanda supposed to be our, like, were we supposed to be following Amanda the entire time? Like, was that was that, was that the goal they were going for? I felt like that was just what they were left with. Like, I feel like they, because she wasn't, like, set up to, like, you know, be our, like, final girl or whatever. But she just ended up being the final girl due to the situation. And then eventually, you know, just getting killed um, by, like, the scientist or whatever. So, yeah, I can't really say. Like, it, they, they really brought her. They Like, she really was just a part of the friend group. Because, I mean, even, even besides Natalie, which we just mentioned, we didn't know much about Amanda even more so. Because she was just a mutual friend that was with them. So, she even had less of things going on than just being the friend of Chris and Natalie. Like, it would have been, for me, it would have been something, at least it would have been something if we find out, oh yeah, Chris is going to propose to Natalie, but also... He fucking Amanda on the side, which also brings tension because his brother is trying to fuck Amanda too. Like it, it she would give. She was just randomly there. Yeah. I feel like there needed to be something to or just if, like um, tie it up. Or if anything, it could have just like a, a simple, even even simpler. They could have just said that Amanda was Paul's girlfriend who was visiting him with the with the other two. That so simple. <laughs> Or 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 it could have been that Amanda was his girlfriend that he met in Russia, and the whole thing was her idea because didn't end up being. But they but the scientists actually running experiments on the mutated yeah. people in Chernobyl. So if she was like one of those scientists and she met this American boy, got him to bring his brother and his brother's girlfriend out mm-hmm. to then like put them through the like that would have been something like. It'd have been something. Yep. I kind of got that from the Maze Run. I just watched that recently. <laughs> but it still would have worked. It still would have worked. But like, yeah, there there weren't... I don't know. It just... The characters weren't charactering. And it just wasn't... Uh, wasn't good. So, Tawan, can you give the people... The behind the scenes info and facts. I can. So, the budget for Chernobyl Diaries was one million dollars, and they brought in a box office of thirty-seven point two million. Um, a couple interesting facts: prior to the film's release, the friends of the Chernobyl Centers in the U.S. had said that the film's plot was insensitive to those who died and were tragic and were injured in the disaster. Also, the movie was sens- um, 
sensationalizing events that had tragic human consequences. Oren Pelly first thought the idea for the story when he saw a photo blog posted by a girl traveling through Pripyat on a motorcycle. The group briefly takes pictures of themselves standing in front of a Ferris wheel. The Pripyat amusement park, which prominently features in the film, was never open to the public, as it was supposed to have its grand opening on May 1st, 1986, but the Chernobyl disaster occurred on April 26th. An alternate ending for the film features Amanda being taken away by the soldiers after they kill Paul. She is later seen in a dark hospital room inflicted with radiation poisoning as evidenced by her missing hair, begging for help as the film cuts to black, then the credits start to roll. Some critics' reactions. The film currently sits at a 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. It should be lower. The variety stated scattered stretches of suspense and a few undeniable potent shocks are not enough to dissipate the sense of deja vu that prevails. The Los Angeles Times said the lack of suspense and surprise in this uh, dispiriting rote film becomes its own form of contamination. Spill.com acknowledged the filmmaker's attempts to create a chilling atmosphere, but criticized the film's shallow characters, numerous cliches, and the failure to deliver even the most basic special effects. Lastly, The Hollywood Reporter said, A basic monster movie that benefits greatly from its unique setting, Chernobyl Diaries again demonstrates Oren Pelly's ability to rest scarce with minimum production values and a clever premise. Well, they really didn't hold back, and neither will we. Tawani, do we cash or pass the Chernobyl Diaries? Um, I very much will pass on Chernobyl Diaries. Um, I will never watch this movie again. Probably will never think of it again after this. <laughs> um, if you want to see a good, a good piece of media about Chernobyl, watch the TV show Chernobyl on HBO. That is, it is the way better option. Um great miniseries and you'll actually learn about what happened and you'll get scared because what humans did in real life was scarier than this movie yep and it would and what happened to those people's bodies and how they died it was way more graphic and gory like watching that show made me like Physically uncomfortable. I cannot believe you know, that that's, what the, what those people what they what the government yes. what the government did to them and hit it. And then the scene that got me is when the, all the the mine workers oh they were in God. there taking out the and then they showed up and they were they were naked and the guy was like, "You need to go put on your your protective gear." And the guy was like, point? <laughs> "If we have the if we have the gear on, will we survive, or are we dead either way?" And the scientist guy just stood quiet, and I was like, "Oh my god, they're they're dead either way." Like it's like yes, I I agree with Tuan. Watch that show about what actually happened instead of watching it because I also scared. (laughs) Yes, because I I pass, and I agree with with most of those um, critics said like. You might have got like when the bear ran his ass across the, the fucking room, I jumped. When when old girl got kidnapped from the ladder, I jumped. After that, before that, in between that, nothing. The the shaky cam made me confused because I was like, "Is this a found footage? Is not a found footage? What what is it?" Like the movie was confused, and I can also see how it's offensive to people who actually lost loved ones or were affected by the actual disaster. So I completely 
completely get that. So I, I feel like the movie just could have been better. Like, I don't know. It just did not give anything. Their reasoning for being in Chernobyl just didn't make any sense. Like, you, who? Why are you in Russia? And why are you ramming? Like, let's go to Chernobyl. Let's, let's go to Chernobyl. Let's let's do that. Like, no, no. Uh, but good thing that we're done with that. And next week. Maria will be here and all three of us will be reunited because we're kicking off our brand new franchise retrospective review. We're going to be reviewing the Insidious franchise. Yay! (laughs) Both Tawana and Maria have seen these movies. They're both fans of these movies, but I have never seen any Insidious movie. I'm, I'm a huge Conjuring fan and given the fact that they have actor in common and a director in common, I always felt I didn't need to watch Insidious if I was already a fan of Conjuring. But since there's a new Insidious movie coming out this year, in like a month or so, we decided that we're going to be reviewing the previous four to help lead up to the premiere. You know, just how we did with Halloween and we did with we did with Scream, and so we're just we're, we're back at it. We're back at it again. So, this is going to be our first franchise review of the year. We haven't done a we haven't done a franchise review since we ended Freddy last year. So, I'm I'm excited. It's a short one too. Only only what five movies total? So, it's it's going to be a good one. I hope. Haven't seen any of these movies. I hope they're good. I hope I enjoy them all. So, I might be a naysayer. I think you'll enjoy them. I think the first two you'll like a lot. See, you say that, but then Maria says that the third one is actually the best. I could see why, but, like, it's it, like it's good. Oh. It's good, but I think that the first two, because they, you know, they go right into each other. Three is kind of like a spinoff. Not like a spinoff, but it just, it's it's a different story from, like, the someone else's story like, perspective. And I noticed that neither of you said four. So I'm just looking yeah, forward to... Yeah, four was to... the meta's one. <laughs> I guess I'm going to be finding that out. So join us next week as we kick off our next franchise review, starting with Insidious. I'm excited. They're excited. I hope you guys are excited. Make sure you tune in. Good night.
The Haddonfield Horrors Podcast is a Letters to Media production. Should we do an intro?